0: Comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network.
1: My name is Ichabod Crane.
0: Good morrow, and welcome to the Ichapod Cranecast, the podcast that recaps each week's new episode of the Fox television series Sleepy Hollow. I am Aaron, and joining me is Brandon. Hey, it's finale time. And Maxwell. Greetings. He's back, guys. I am. Not not quite 100%, but you're you're, you're carrying on with us anyway, right?
2: I am indeed. I'm a little under the weather,
0: but the show must go on. Well, you're doing better than Ichapod, I'd imagine, so... (laughs) Today's episode, obviously, we're going over the season finale, which was a two-part season finale, really just kind of episodes 12 and 13 put together, not really like a two-parter necessarily. But, um, yeah, that's the plan. What are these episodes about, Brandon? Uh,
1: the first episode was titled The Indispensable Man. In that episode, Ichabod uncovers the secret of Washington's Bible and sets out with Abby to find a map that will lead them to the gateway between Earth and Purgatory. However... To acquire the map, they will need Henry Parrish's help. Meanwhile, Irving realizes that his family hasn't escaped unscathed from the demon's attack at the safe house, and must sacrifice himself to save his daughter. And then we have episode 13, the final hour of season 1, called Bad Blood. In that one, Ichabod and Abby discover that they must free Katrina from Purgatory to contain the second horseman, War. However, Katrina can only be freed by one of the witnesses making the ultimate sacrifice.
0: All right, lots to lots to dive into this week. I know I have plenty of notes here. got everything everything going so we're gonna just get into it. But before that, um, let's see random announcements. Uh, iTunes reviews and ratings good to get those helps find helps people find the show, and I can only imagine we will just increase in many many listeners in the time between not having any episodes at all and you know September October whenever the season starts back up again in the in the fall. But yeah, I mean we enjoy doing this show, and we're certainly looking forward to you know picking it back up again when it comes time. So.
1: Our episodes have a lot of replay value.
0: Exactly, I checked. They I've can checked. be used as uh, commentaries for, the, for when the eventual Blu-ray and DVD comes out of the show. They all match up about the same length of the episodes. That's it for now. Yeah, we'll get to other things later on, but for now, I guess we'll just dive right into it. Start with the Indispensable Man, episode 12. This is episode again. A uh, pretty quick recap here. Once again, I like how the show has kind of progressed. Now we're like we're done in the final hours. We're done away with the you know super long recaps. We're just kind of in the Let's just get things going, mode. So this episode begins the you end know, Indispensable Man. Abby returns home while leaving Ichabod a voicemail message suggesting they can uh, send the page from Washington's Bible for carbon dating, which which he kind of ends with respectfully Lieutenant Mills, which I thought was funny, only to be one upped by Ichabod in the funny department because he just texts back with like horrible autocorrecting going on in his, in his cell phone.
1: It's pretty funny.
0: Let's see, then Abby, yeah, she's in her home, her very nice home for. Police lieutenant. She's doing pretty well. it Seems. Uh, she hears something going on. She turns around uh, and sees dead Andy waiting for her, and it, he's just you know kind of there, I <laughs> warning her of things. I really thought they were gonna like jump right to the credits, and this would be like the fastest cold open ever on the show. I really thought. There's a that was couple to
1: points. There's a couple points with that where they play. It. I'm like, I, I felt I, I. I watched this a little behind, so I was getting ready to hit the the fast forward button because I, you know, music QIs and. Story point wise, it felt like a, a natural progression to the intro of the commercial, but aha, it's Sleepy Hollow, we have to go another 10 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we get back to the cabin, Ichabod tries to figure out the significance of
0: December 18th, 1799. I guess they, they kind of, they kind of backtrack on what our assumption was last week, where writing a date down apparently automatically means that you've lived enough time to write that date down and not just post-dated something, cause they, it seems like Washington wrote that date down, but was still alive at that point. Then he died and then was resurrected. Like, all this stuff happened. What else? Ichabod remembers back to sharing a drink with, with Washington, who told Ichabod that he would be called upon to continue the fight in the future. Uh, good, <laughs> good, will, good will always rise like Lazarus from his grave, Washington said. Ichabod then flips to a passage in Lazarus and finds something that means something to him. Meanwhile, back at Abby's, Andy tells her that, Mo- that, that Moloch wants the Bible for directions it contains to something. And he says that if Abby gives him the map, she will be spared in Moloch's new world order. At this point, a- like uh, Andy really declares her, her his love for Abby a lot. Did we like, yeah, have I,
1: any indication I mean, to this? Kind of this? kind of bullshit. Like, there's nothing... Ugh, like, I, I didn't know if maybe it was a ploy him, but it, it see the show seemed to want to believe that this was true, and i there's no trace of it anywhere if it was Morales maybe <laughs> yeah, Morales, yeah, like you know I would buy that from him, but Andy like he's he's shown protection, but maybe as a fellow officer and a friend, but nothing deeper than that, and he's coming off as a like, quiet little guy in the corner that no one ever knew about I just yeah i i. Oof. I just said whatever and moved on with it, I guess. But yeah, Andy. He, and he's trying to do his best to basically save
0: Abby um, by the old negotiation tactic, and he, he's bringing up the prophecy that Crane is gonna gonna give Abby's soul away. Like he's he's doing his best here, but Abby does not break. Last thing he says, uh, please don't please don't risk your life to save Ichabod Crane. Crane will give your soul to Moloch. He just prophesized that. I mean, he's just bringing back that point. Um, and Abby, you know, cue flashback. Abby remembers Ichabod having a vision that said the same thing. Uh, at this point, like Andy's, kinda, he's got a kinda, he's got a handcuffed in her house too. And he, when Abby's not looking, because you know, why would you keep looking? He, he breaks his his dead fingers and gets out of her cuffs and she It seems like he can just kind of teleport. So I don't know what he does to break out of handcuffs for, but whatever. He didn't. Later on, Abby joins Ichabod in the. We're still going, right? Yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff. Really yeah, cold open. <laughs> Later on, Abby remember uh, Abby joins Ichabod back in the archives. Uh she tells him to answer his phone, when she calls, but Ichabod complains that his phone is an out of date flip phone because he knows the difference um and he hates the the ads about upgrades and complains about there being an abuse of capitalism, and he still he he wants a smartphone, uh <laughs> which is funny to me. <laughs> but. I forgot to mention too, uh, Ichabod, when he gets a, he gets a text back from Abby earlier on, he, he says the phrase, colon close parentheses, and then he turns the phone and realizes that it makes a happy face. And <laughs> so he's like, oh, I, I get it. <laughs> it's a face. Yeah, he, it's, or he's like, it's
1: a man's face or something like that. Uh, he, I he,
0: suppose this is charming. Yeah. <laughs> he, he interprets emoticons well. He did he it. pulled that one off. Uh, so, yeah, Abby agrees to let Ichabod borrow the phone for a few days, and if he can use it, then he, he gets to... He gets the key. He gets one just like it. If he used it well, he proves himself worthy of this. Um, she then tells him about Andy's message. I like. We have time to like deal with the cell phone stuff in the midst of like Moloch threatening Abby's like soul. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Anyway, she tells Abby. She tells Andy. She tells Ichabod about Andy's message, um, and that she was a little unnerved about how Andy mentioned everyone else in her life leaving her. Ichabod then points out his find. Um. An extra ten verses in the Book of Lazarus. He uses a solution to reveal, to reveal more invisible ink. He put, he uses the, the, his MacGyver book solution stuff that he had last week, uh, to find even more, uh, more messages. This message is dated the date December 18th, 1799. It's from Washington to Ichabod. Uh, It states, Dear Sir, if you are reading this now, then the war has resumed, and your destiny to bear witness made manifest. Four days ago, I was diagnosed by Dr. William Thornton with a fatal case of Kraup. As the end came, I drafted a plan. I asked my body be kept in a state preserved by Virginia's natural winter air so that the supernatural forces might aid me in a final mission. Four days ago, I died, but through the cursed prayer beads of these occult forces, I was resurrected. Um, at this point in my notes, I have Washington zombie, three exclamation points, because <laughs> Ichabod goes on to explain that because he exists, or, or, sorry, the explanation is given that because of the existence between the world of the living and dead, uh, Washington was able to draft Ichabod a map from Earth to Purgatory. Ichabod realizes with that map, he can actually free Katrina from Purgatory. And that that's where we get to our, our cold open, or our, our intro, so we're done with that. That's... Or a whistle? Is whistle? <laughs> I
2: was trying to whistle the theme song, but my mouth failed me.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, we got a we got a big setup basically for a for a treasure map hunt.
1: Black Tomb Raider stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly. Where is Jenny during this? Like I was well, one...
1: like
2: I was definitely having National Treasure flashbacks.
0: I was too. I was like yeah. that the whole time, actually. But uh, any other thoughts on this, this big hold open? But yeah, it's just basically kind of a plot setup, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, moving on. Um. After the after the break, Abby reminds Ichabod that Moloch is the primary goal. They they say they they sealed this accord, as they say. Uh, the plan is to defeat Moloch. There's a list of names that participated in the resurrection in the Bible, including including um, uh, Reverend Knapp, who lived in Sleepy Hollow until and protect and protected the Horseman's head. uh... His prayer reads: used in the resurrection would full would be full of sin from the ungodly act of resurrection. So I could suggest that they call the Sin Eater, the Sin Eater to see what he can tell them about the bead's history, possibly information about the map. Uh, moving in a completely other direction, we're at Captain Irving now, he sits in an interview with, with, with the other police officers about the threat to his wife and daughter that led to the death of a, of a detective and a priest, which we were once again given in the flashback where we got to see the priest's head spin all the way around once again.
1: I was happy they, they brought, they showed us that again.
0: Right. Um. all he, all Irving can offer is that <laughs> that evil was responsible. Um, I think, I where did I write? I had something. No,
1: Irving it's says good. Morales is not the answer, which made me laugh, because yeah. Morales is never the answer. <laughs>
0: but, um, no.
1: What did they exactly say happened to him? Because he cut the guy off and he was saying something. I rewound it a couple times. I couldn't pick up.
0: About Irving or, or about Morales? Morales.
1: yeah. Because he just, was, said something about Morales, and the guy cut him off. I, mean, I couldn't just, understand if he was saying he was dead or...
2: I don't think he's dead. Anymore. I don't think
1: he'd be dead. I mean, they'd let us officially know better than what they did, but I just couldn't make out what the guy was kind of getting ready to say. I maybe assume that,
2: he... maybe that's the point to leave his fate
0: up in the air. Yeah, but yeah, that I would agree to. I think it's just a deciding what to do with the character in the in you know future episodes. But I just assume he was kind of knocked out and left wanting to know what happened, just like everybody else in the situation.
2: Maybe he's in the hospital or something.
0: Yeah. Next to the dead priest with his head backwards. Meanwhile, another meanwhile, back down in the tunnels, Andy pleads with Moloch to make him a warrior in his fight. Moloch scoffs at him, but then he sends hundreds of tiny insects that's, that just kind of make a giant cocoon around Mummy, er, around Mummy, around Andy. And uh, we'll get back to that later on. uh, uh later on, the parish, uh, Henry Parish meets up with Vicabod and Abby at the cemetery. Um, that Reverend Knapp was buried at with his beads wrapped around his neck at his request. They dig up his body, and and Henry Parrish can feel the be- that the beads were used for something unnatural. The beads burn Parrish when he touches them, uh, as indicating that there's a hex on these beads. Yeah, but he doesn't really care about the pain if he thinks it's important that for the war against Moloch. That's like kind of the end of the break. There. The interesting thing about that is I I note Parish Harish was he was really into this. Like he seemed like he was really game to like join these guys this time around. It there was no real hesitation. Yeah. And I can say it leads to things that make sense in the in the future of these episodes. The next episode for sure. But I I just noted he seemed very like happy. Like he seemed very
1: upbeat. You said, I thought he was like, you know, this is officially he's part of the team. You know, yeah. That's that what was... I, I took it as. Um, he, he had a new hat. So, I mean, that seems like <laughs> it. Um, did we mention, uh, Ichabod talking to Siri? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he, he said something about Yolanda being much better conversationalist, referring back to his OnStar conversation. I thought that oh. was pretty great.
2: Yolanda's a real person. Siri is. Merely artificial intelligence, and not very good one at that.
0: No. Clearly he needs a Samantha. That's what he Yeah. Does. Yes. All right, so getting back, uh, Senator grabs the beads again, but he's knocked to his feet after a moment. But he did get a, a helpful dose of information. He saw Washington come to life and a map and nap in a boat along a shoreline carrying something. So there's plenty, plenty of information to go with on that one. At this point, I'm just thinking, don't look for the map. That seems to be the most obvious thing here, but they, they're going to still do that. Uh, the pain Henry makes Abby question their current course. Uh, she wonders if during the time Ichabod was in in the ground the plan changed and maybe entering Purgatory now will have serious consequences like bringing about Armageddon. Abby then asks Ichabod again if it comes down to it can he sacrifice Katrina for the greater good at the same time Henry looks back at his hand it starts to heal but then some more of Moloch's demons run out of the dark and they start attacking. Abby Nickabod start fending off the all these little things, or shooting them, and bursting them into little pieces of dust and whatnot. Have you? It's
1: a fun little scene. I bought a little action sequence here. Oh yeah, John Noble had a great line too with the uh Encrust fighting a demon from my bucket list. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, uh, yeah. No, they once again resolve. They must find it. They must find the map. If Moloch's throwing demons at him and whatnot. Again, I it. It seems like the case is made that. We shouldn't look for this map, because then there's no chance that anyone else can find it, but whatever. Let's see, back at the archives. Uh man, Parrish says something about a grave, which reminds about that Washington was a Mason and the Masons were taught to take things to their grave. Um, they think the Reverend buried the map with Washington. Nice little, little jump of logic to there, I think. <laughs> yeah. uh, there are two Washington grave sites, one's at Mount Vernon and a tomb and the other's a tomb at the Capitol that was that has never been used. Ichabod thinks Washington would have wanted to would have wanted to be buried near Sleepy Hollow. Of course, that makes sense because that's, that's that's the show we're in. Uh, Parrish remembers seeing Nap on board a boat near a shoreline transporting some things, a body. So they, you know, there are 21 islands along the Hudson River. We find Washington's grave, his real grave, and we shall find the map buried along with him. Ichabod says. Right, so they, you know, they resolve to do some some sailing, some boating, not sailing. Uh, back, back in the tunnels, mummified Andy is reborn as a slimy, creepy, weird version Thing. of himself. Yeah. He announces Moloch's, he's his Moloch's servant and he swears that his enemies shall fall. Do you like the effects look of Andy in this form? It was kinda cool.
1: It wasn't anything too outrageous, which was, which was nifty. Yeah, it worked for me.
0: It took me a second to be like, is it him in makeup or did they just do something? Yeah, it's, it's <clears> him <throat> some nasty makeup.
2: John Cho's a good sport, that's for sure, yeah, oh yeah, and this whole season he's appeared more than I would have expected in various states of broken limb and makeup and being thrown around
0: yeah for sure. we'll get to what happens to him in the end in the end of this episode, but uh, I'll be curious to know if he you know is going to return um let's see Abby Parish about they head to an island that was uses a penal colony. Ichabod is, in, he's, during this, annoyed that a smartphone map won't update, but he's still getting Abby's Facebook updates, and he notes that she has like 500 friends, and he had like seven great colleagues in his day.
2: <laughs> Four who died. Yeah. And <laughs> those were good odds. <laughs>
0: um, Abby has the maps from the, archives, but Ichab- from the archives, but Ichabod thinks his mason's tricks will help him locate the, the, the gravesite. Uh Abby checks Again, that they're going to discuss how, how to best use the map. She's really hammering home that the map needs to be used for the greater good, and not, and not your Katrina if they don't need it. Um, she also drops some, she, she drops some knowledge about Oppenheimer too. She just makes some some random like history bomb drops, which, which always entertain me. It's like she's really well studied in, in just various forms of history. As Ichabod goes searching, Abby asks Parish if they've ever heard about a prophecy in which one witness renounces the other. He tells her about a passage written for John that says the two witnesses will prophesy for 12, 6, 12, 1, 000, 1,260 days, but when the beast comes up from the abyss, a witness will surrender, a witness that will neither survive, and, and neither will survive. He reminds her it was rejected by those who transcribe the Bible. Sometimes the story is just a story, Henry says. Uh, Ichabod calls out because he found a finds a stone in the woods. Uh, he and Abby slide in, sl- slide it over and reveal that there's a secret grave. It opens into the ground and, yeah, we get a, we get our, our lost hatch scene.
1: John Noble has another good line in there. The, uh, prophecies have a nasty way of fulfilling themselves if you let them. And, uh, apparently Fox and the show thought it was so good, they had a meme ready to go by the commercial break that posted on, like, Facebook and Twitter. Okay. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. That is funny. Yeah.
0: And so, yeah, they, uh, they find the grave. Uh, there's another break there. Uh, we come back. We get we go back to um to Irving's plight. Uh, Frank Irving comes into the interrogation room at the station and find his ex-wife there, along with uh along with uh Tom, with what is the name Tom overseeing the uh, DNA being taken from Macy. Uh, forensics found DNA on the priest's dead neck, so they you know going to see if if everybody that was involved are going to see what could have happened. Um, I just realized this, this show, Macy is Rue from The Hunger Games. I did not realize this until, like, oh, wow. this episode. I did not connect the two actors. <laughs> Thank you.
2: My mouth didn't fail me that time. I,
0: I noticed. <laughs> <laughs>
2: did you know that? I didn't realize, I didn't think about this at all. I didn't all. know it until you said it just now. It all makes perfect sense.
0: I didn't even, like, think to bring it up. I didn't look at it all into this, but that's like,
2: oh, that's Rue.
0: Like, it just clicked.
2: She already looks much older.
0: Yeah, right? Yeah.
2: So there's pre adolescent years where every year you age it says if your body grows
0: three and uh so yeah a small point to be made by me it's just like this. <laughs> Didn't did not realize. Anyway. Um let's see. Oh and during this there's I wrote one line down um <laughs> because there was DNA. Um the guy the guy says it's a better lead than evil, which made me laugh a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a, I dug that yeah. Yeah. Um anyway, back to the tomb, the elaborate tomb. There's a a sonic pyramid in the middle bearing the phrase, I am the indispensable man, attributed to Washington, but Ichabod thinks the pyramid is is only too obvious to contain Washington, but also booby trapped. Um, he then scans the room briefly to see a circular plaque stating Cynanasius on it. Um Cynitus? A Roman was given power, that was and then relinquished it. He was Washington's hero, representing the idea that power should only be given to those who want it least. Um, this is all made apparent to us by Abby once again, who just happens to know her Roman, her, her obscure Roman heroes, generals, emperors. Um, so, with that said, Ichabod fits his Mason's ring into a small hole that's in the plaque, because that made sense, and a secret wall opens and outsides Washington's casket. Um, Washington's body looks basically how I assumed that Washington's body would look in a in a gravesite, just all formal and the wigs there and the gold teeth. Uh, he had gold teeth at this point, apparently. He traded them in. And
1: everybody was envious.
0: Yeah. And, uh let's see. The angel statues around them suddenly light with fire, filling the tomb with light. Um, let's see. And, his, and, of course, watching the skeleton, he's holding the map, just clutching it in his hands. Which I say he just died waiting for Ichabod. He just Or went back to zombie rest or whatever he did. Ichabod only gets a minute to enjoy the discovery when demon Andy suddenly comes up, comes down the tomb stairs. Uh, Abby fires at him, but he easily takes the gun and just crushes it in his hand. He tosses Ichabod aside, he grabs Abby around the neck, uh demanding the map. Uh Parrish lays a hand on him and Andy crump uh Andy Andy um he crumples this is his sin neater powers kind of briefly disable him. The demon side of him temporarily is at bay. He tells Abby to Andy kind of emerges out of this, tells Abby to destroy the map because Moloch needs it to win the war. He begs Abby also to kill him as the demon starts to return. She picks up. What she do? She picks up like an axe, right? Like jams through his head.
1: Um. She like she like impales yeah, his stabs head. Yes, stab something through his head. Yeah, impales yeah, so like his head.
0: Like the,
1: it's like the edge, like the other end of the axe, and just kind of like stabs it in his head. Because if you ever felt anything, same way. Which, I don't know if she did. She might just want to you know, kill you, get you out of the way. It, it made no difference because he gets right back up. <laughs> really yeah, quickly. Um,
0: so, yeah, the, um, the exit's kind of blocked. They're trying to find another way out. They hear something outside the tomb and head for another. Find They find another exit in the secret vault where Washington's casket laid. Uh, as they're making their escape, the dead Andy rises back up again. He starts after them. Ichabod tells Abby to shoot the, shoot the booby trap on Washington's tomb. Uh, she does so, and the pyramid breaks apart, which just caves in the whole section onto Andy as the other three kind of just run out. They escape to safety through another secret door that comes out of the forest. Abby tells Crane what Andy said about Moloch using the map, and as Andy, as, as Ichabod stares at it, he debates. Finally, he apologizes to Katrina and just like, he just sets the map on fire. Uh, so, you know. You know, that was quick. There's a little more, <laughs> there's a little more going on, yep. but like, certainly a lot of, a lot of forward progression in this episode leading to, uh, well, no reason, we just burned it up
1: anyway. Well, better, th- you know, somebody was gonna find the map first, I mean, would you would you think that Mog would be able to find the map though? Why 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 leave it a chance that he might, you know? I, I guess. It's my guess is why they went to find it themselves. Plus, you know, there was the, the temptation. The temptation? Really destroyed. You cut out for a second, what'd you say? I said we, we uh, find out in a little bit that it wasn't truly destroyed. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, okay, here we go. Well uh,
0: about says, "If using the map meant betraying your trust, that's something I can't do. Not for the world." That's what he says right out. He tells Abby right after burning the map. Uh, Crane tells Abby that they have free will, and he chooses to forget to forge his fate with her. Um, and Abby says, "I promise you, we're going to save her." She seems very confident, despite like, just ruining yeah. like the one big chance. Um, back the station. Irving walks. Ir- Irving just you know he's, he's thinking a lot about the his wife his daughter and he goes and confesses the killing of the priest and detective and the detective guy uh, he turns over his badge and gun and they take him into custody so that's pretty that's the end of Irving for this season yeah <laughs> slow motion perp walk yeah that's that's how we, that's how we leave Orlando uh, Jones so uh, good
1: job but um, that's
0: that's uh, what
1: happens they I, I, they really gave him nothing to do here in the final two hours. And when it all comes to it. Yeah, it's interesting he turned himself in, but I don't know.
0: Back at the cabin, Ichabod thinks of his wife, and he remembers her begging him to find her and free her, and him promising to do so. He grabs a notebook and a pencil, and with his photographic memory, he manages to recreate the entire map that he just burned. So that's the end of the first episode. What do we think?
1: It felt like it was setting up something big. I really felt it was a part of, like, we were about to be a part of something huge in the second hour. Like, it really felt like that. Did it? You thought it, you felt like it? It felt, it felt like kind of a good set, like a, a setup for something bigger was going to happen. Like I, I, I kind of felt, I felt that way.
0: You felt, you felt it had table setting going on? What? Like a lot of table setting going on?
1: Yeah, sorta, of. I mean I just felt like this was the last gasp of something before some, a major event happens.
0: Fair enough. I, I mean I just, it, it felt, it felt like this could have been like on its own if i didn't if i didn't if it wasn't like part of the two parts season finale like it feels like yeah. it could have just been a standalone episode and
1: yeah no i mean people weren't moving into position for a grand finale but i just i just kind of felt the way the, the the one last little calm mission before something that's going to change things was happening Maxwell?
2: um i thought it was uh um, pretty fast paced it moved really quickly it had a you know quest that sort of overtook the whole episode um that made it engaging and i always you know as per usual the more john noble the better as far as i'm concerned um i i thought it was an interesting i didn't realize at the time that we wouldn't see him again but an interesting place to leave captain irving at the end of the season um and i'm certainly interested to see if it's a significant plot thread in Season 2, or if it's one of those, like, oh, but, uh, you know, we know it wasn't you, you're off type deals. Those quick fixes.
0: Yeah, I was, I mean, given what I know now, I'm saying both episodes, I was surprised that that's the end of, of Orlando Jones for the season. Like, I was really expecting to see yeah. something of him in the next episode, but no, it just... They wrapped up things. I'm glad no one died in his family, I guess. Like, I really, really <laughs> thought that was going to be the path they chose. But no, he just, it went for a pretty logical ending for his theory. It's like, well, he's going to protect his daughters, so he commits himself. Or, he, you know, or he, um, he he confesses himself and goes to jail. <laughs> like, it's a really sad ending. But um, for the time being, I mean, I I yeah, obviously I think we're going to revisit this and likely get him out of custody quicker than... Than I guess Jenny, for example, in terms of being
1: walked yeah. away, it was just That's a lot more commercial breaks. There were a lot of commercial it was, breaks. It was like it, it felt like really short segments, and then a commercial break. I felt like I saw a lot of of
0: um, Winter's Tale during this episode of Sleeping. Oh Off. yeah,
2: <laughs> yes. I didn't watch the with, with with commercials, so I don't know.
0: Yeah, I was watching. I was watching a lot, it was like, wow, we are. <laughs> the show has such a fast pace to it that certainly. Make, it certainly made me, makes you think that there's a lot, a lot of commercial breaks going on, but it definitely seems like they're a lot more than normal. The yeah. ep-
2: episodes never feel as long as certain other hour-longs do.
0: Yeah. I don't know if that's because
2: they're, it's not quite, or it's, I think it's more to speak to the pacing of the show.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, do, I do think it's just always been about how fast-paced the show actually tends to be. and it...
2: Which is an asset until it's not.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree.
2: I mean, I definitely think in terms of the story the whole season is told, and I won't, you know, spoil anything And since we haven't gone over the last episode yet, it was paced well and it told a lot of story. But I also think uh, in a couple occasions it was at the sacrifice of um, some character moments or, or some things that could have been fleshed out a bit more. I mean, I definitely think Captain Irving is a character that suffered the most from the fast pacing. Agreed. Yeah. And then yeah. in terms of the more, you know, tertiary characters, people like Morales and um, the other cop whose name we were told and I don't even remember it because the pace never allowed them to become anything other than pawns.
0: Yeah, we talked a lot about how much we enjoy the show for how it's managed to find its voice pretty quickly. So if that said, and as much as we appreciate the fast pacing, I completely agree with you, Maxwell. I do think that it, it has come at the detriment of certain side characters. And while the show is, I wouldn't call it an ensemble show just because it has, you know, a, a pretty particular focus on the leads with Orlando Jones occasionally providing some support, and Jenny for that matter as well. the The show could benefit in the next season of slowing down a tad despite having such a, a hurried pace to what is the approaching apocalypse plotline that's happening. So, let's move on to the last episode, then episode 13, Bad Blood, uh, the season finale for the series. Um, we start out in the woods with Moloch commanding his minions to rise, and then a horseman rides as there's an eclipse, which we reveal is Henry Parrish waking up from a bad vision. Later on, Ichabod is standing on, a sh- on the shore on a bright sunny day. When he thinks he sees Katrina, he follows her back to what is apparently a Civil War reenactment. At first, he thinks he's dreaming. I thought he was dreaming. <laughs> and then, uh, until a redhead calls him "dude," um, tells him to relax, uh, and then he, bec- and then Nick Bud's very excited about the clothing they sell there. And then he gets a hot call from the Sin Eater. Um, <laughs> this was fun. This was fun. They got to. He got to. Buy new clothes, basically, but still manage to fit them into his regular dress.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I thought it was a really clever way to to deal with an issue. I, I know we had talked about before, and I don't think we talked about it in the previous episode. He was trying on new clothes, or is that two episodes ago?
0: No, so it was it was last week. You, you were on last week, yeah. We we mentioned it, yeah. It up, yeah, for sure. The, um.
2: So I like that they haven't completely ignored the. You know, the elephant in the room that is Ichabod's wardrobe.
0: They go, like, they go one step beyond to give him an actual place to purchase more of the same type of clothes that he likes to wear, and even address the fact that he's not gonna give them up, because he doesn't wanna risk them being worn ironically by other people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Back at the cabin, uh, Jenny uh, assesses Ichabod's new clothes, same as his old clothes, she asks, and she says, basically the ironically part comes up, um, yeah, it makes me wonder where was Jenny last episode. Seems like a, a good map hunt would be a good thing for Jenny to be involved in, but she, she yes. wasn't around.
1: Well, you only had room for Captain Irving in the last hour and now you can invite Jenny to fill that space in this hour.
0: Yeah. Uh
1: actually this is like I mean, we don't see Irving this episode, but the opening of this
0: episode is the reason Jenny's there is that they're all like going to see Irving's trial. Like that's the plan. For the day. <laughs> Yeah, I was about to go see Irving at the station when, when Henry arrives and announces that he thinks that today Moloch is going to attempt to raise hell on Earth. Um, in his dream, he saw Moloch surrounded by four white trees, and he was raising a creature with a taloned hand from the dirt. He describes the horseman, the second of four, war. Um, which What is it good for? Exactly. which <laughs> which Likely, which will, of course, coincide with the solar eclipse today. Uh, Jenny mentions that it's the 13th anniversary to the date of when she and Abby saw Moloch in the forest, at which point Abby says, yeah, there was an eclipse that day as well. Um, good things to remember on those days. Um, yeah, Abby gets to the station, and she finds that Irving has already been transferred His whole, like, desk has been, his whole, all his stuff has been transferred. But he left a book for Abby with a note to check on the marked pages. I'm glad that Irving was able to, like, (laughs) leave certain materials behind despite being convicted for murder.
1: He's a regular George Washington.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
1: Abby then returns to the
0: archives where Ichabod has found something in Washington's Bible saying, A spell cast upon the dirt where the second horseman will rise might prevent him from rising. Um... All the all the witches they know are dead, except for Katrina, of course, who's stuck in purgatory. So Ichabod then reveals that he has in fact redrawn the map to purgatory. Um, but he assures Abby that he wasn't going to use it without her. There's, there's almost no time spent on the kind of the,
1: the the slight rift that this creates, but there is a little one, right? A little bit, yeah. But I like I like how the show is playing with our normal conventions of we would think Ichabod would hide the fact he has a map for probably the entirety of the episode. But I mean five minutes after that last episode aired, here it is. I got a map, which is kind of awesome. We don't have to worry about going through, you know, contrived stuff that we've seen on TV a lot. And I thought that was a lot of fun that he just, oh, there it is, it's out in the open. I do think it
2: would have played better if the episodes hadn't have aired back to back. That.
1: Agree, that's what I was about to say, Max.
2: Because it didn't, uh, you know, it's a nice emotional sacrifice that Ichabod makes for Abby destroying the map. And then, of course, the audience sees him recreating the map quickly thereafter, which suggests that there could be uh, some sort of argument or falling out between mm-hmm. Ichabod and Abby, which, as we know, doesn't happen. But there's no time for us to let that linger.
0: It almost it's- makes it makes me wish there was always like one more episode that happened in between this one, where. You have that whole map episode and then you, you get a chance to maybe explore Irving's trial and also have like Ichabod, you know, shade his character because of the fact that he's redrawn the map, but he's not telling Abby, Abby about it and perhaps, and you know, it, it would be, I guess, a table setting episode like the, like what I was just describing, but it'd be at least one that gives the characters a chance to breathe before we get to this very plot heavy finale.
1: So I guess uh, I was the only one who was okay with that, then. Because no, I,
2: I was, I was definitely was, okay yeah. with it. I thought I'm glad that there wasn't any real strain because, because there wasn't time in between, it didn't waste any time.
1: Yeah,
0: I think yeah, I think that's certainly fair, and I, I guess ultimately I agree more with the idea that I wish there was more time in between episodes, and not necessarily with little, that plot device. With that, yeah. With that okay. plot device, instead of definitely needing another episode, as I just suggested, I wouldn't. I don't definitely need that. But with that said, I, the breathing room would have been nice. I guess that's where that's where I'm falling down on.
2: Gotcha. I blame uh the World Series.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, because we didn't get our Halloween episode either.
2: No, I'm serious. I blame the World Series. I don't think these two would have aired back to back if not for that.
1: That's possible. Or maybe they wanted to. They knew their their show was. Such a hit, they wanted to explode with a two-hour finale that was never planned to be one. On the Cause flip side, because it could have come back in earlier January.
2: Yeah. On the flip side, it's such a hit they might have wanted to be able to actually launch the following right after and the finale of Sleepy Hollow instead of the night before. Yeah. Well, who knows? Anyways, it does. It's not really to the detriment of the episode. I'm glad that there wasn't any big fallout. They had the map. Hooray! Let's go to purgatory.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that needs to be a movie. Let's go to
2: Purgatory. It'll
0: uh, <laughs> be a sequel to Let's Go to Prison. It'll still star with yes, and Chena Price. <laughs> so.
2: I was thinking that would be a good plot for the third Bill and Ted. Hey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bill and Ted's ridiculous adventure.
2: Bill and Ted yes. in Let's Go to Purgatory.
0: Woo. Uh, okay, so Ichabod points to the lines on the map and recalls Washington's word about a township that's a doorway, doorway between worlds. Uh Irving has uh, Nap uh, Reverend Knapp's date book revealing meetings with Corbin, and Abby wants Jenny to go through the various tapes that are left behind, <laughs> which is a nice way for Jenny to not do anything in this episode until something matters. At this point, Jenny pulls Abby aside, uh, a little annoyed at the fact that Abby's preparing to confront Malik herself, but Abby really states that she's ready to face and reclaim their lives. It's a nice little sister bonding moment, right?
1: Yeah, it's a little... A little heat, but nothing much, and
0: I'm glad.
1: Yeah, uh, Yes, it is a nice sister
2: bonding moment. Let's
0: see. Abby, Ichabod, and Henry lead to head to the spot in the woods where they think that the, that they think that will lead to purgatory. Ichabod expects to be able to find uh, Katrina in the very church that she visits every in, in the in the church she visits every day. Uh, Henry warns them not to eat, drink, eat, eat or drink anything while they're in there, or they'll become trapped. Very specific instructions. Um Ichabod has an incantation from Washington's things to open the door from both sides. Henry reminds them to stay strong over there. Uh, they then recite the incantation and the incantation and a mirror appears in the forest and then shatters, revealing a hallway to the other side. They take hands they take they take hands then enter. Um I like um despite what's going to happen i liked henry's kind of last words to them where he's like really he's like i i look forward to meeting katrina like he says it really earnestly and it
1: it's the detriment of john yeah. noble it was a, it was a nice send off <laughs> before things turn weird <laughs> later on i thought i thought the entrance to purgatory was awesome too yeah i really like that effect it was sweet uh, i would just say that from
2: this moment when they enter purgatory until the end of the episode it's brilliant television yeah no, yeah okay. It's firing on all cylinders it's really really
0: satisfying with that said trying to describe this episode to anyone that doesn't watch Sleepy Hollow like they either <laughs> either they're in it or they're not because it's, <laughs> it's such a, like a bizarre type of thing to try and go over it's like yeah you know, I just appreciate
2: how freaking nuts they're allowed to be
0: yeah yeah I, this, yeah fair <laughs> It's just, if they weren't into it already, then this is not the, this is not the way to break in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so getting back on the break, Abby wakes up in the cabin with a bandage on her forehead. Uh, Sheriff Corbin and Andy Mills come in from the other room to check on her. They tell her she was training at Quantico when she was knocked out of, out of a line of fire exercise, which explains her confusion and memory loss. She's thrilled to see Clancy Brown again and hugs him. I'm thrilled, I'd hug him too. Yeah. I'm thrilled to see Clancy Brown again. Head on his shoulders. <laughs> Um and uh, she says I'm supposed to rem- I'm supposed to remember something. She's really concerned about this. Meanwhile, Ichabod finds himself outside a university in England. Inside his father, Victor Garber, congratulates Ooh, yeah. congratulates him for his bravery in the Americas in the in America and says that he's been granted a full professorship a professorship. Ichabod remembers his father disavowing him though after he sided with the Americans. But his father says that it's ridiculous and he hugs him. They call for drinks. Uh, libations, libations, exactly.
2: <laughs> I found both of these scenes very affecting and and sort of melancholy and and sweet, which I think speaks to how well they portray that uh, temptation one inevitably finds when they enter purgatory.
1: Yeah, I love the John Cho and uh, Clancy Brown dynamic with the 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 good evil guys. They're so nice that you just it's some you just know it's devious and it was. When John Cho's like, "Man, you missed your calling in life," or something like that. I just love the presentation of that. Aside from flashback scenes, do we think we're going to see um
0: a- uh, Andy again in this show? No, I, uh, I think he's gone for
1: good after being he, crushed. He's, he's, he's a sweeps ticket. <laughs> <laughs> John like, Cho
0: returns. Yeah, this I mean, week he, on Sleepy uh,
1: Hollow. He's a notable to, to fans of the show. I mean, maybe not to draw in like everybody, but. Set sweeps he, he could be sweep stunt casting unless but you know we never have a, we don't have a confirmed death, he was just crushed in rubble, and now he's a complete demon, so he could come back for a few uh,
2: i didn't think he'd be in the first season as much as he ended up being, so who knows yeah, I, you know we
0: got we thought he would pretty much died the first episode so.
2: uh, at this point i'm not even sure the writers know, so it's hard to predict what's going to happen.
0: It's, you know, whenever his, whenever his schedule clears up, it's like, hey guys, I'm here for a sleepy hollow round if you got me. I'm not, I'm not
1: suluing it up today. So. Oh, go sit and make up for eight hours? Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that sounds good to me.
2: <laughs> He's not, uh, busy filming a very Harold and Kumar Hanukkah adventure.
0: Uh, I like seeing Victor Garber here too, I look forward to seeing more of him in the future. Like, c- I can't imagine they'd only use him once in this series. Yeah, you don't, you yeah. don't
2: cast Victor Garber to not bring him back.
0: Yeah. No, this is true. So back at the cabin, in, you know, Purgatory, Abby is sitting down in front of an apple pie à la mode, uh, like she and Corbin used to share, of course. Uh, Corbin and Andy dig in one, with Corb with Clancy Brown being all like, it's like old times again, we're all having a great, we're, we're great together. Abby remembers, <laughs> Abby remembers, uh, Crane tells her that they can't go back to the way things were. She then stands up and saying, this whole thing isn't real, and her pie, like, suddenly gets all bloody and nasty. And, uh, yeah, she does, she doesn't eat that. Um, she runs out of there Cora Clancy Browns chasing after her um, she sees Andy with this res r- resurrected crazy form and and uh, Clancy Brown holding his head in his arms and they then she just falls outside the, the cabin door. She gets out of there like it's <laughs> some, some weird imagery going on back with Ichabod he remembers talking to Abby about his father's disapproval, which then kicks in the fact that Ichabod is having a dream um and he stops. He's like about to drink the poison, like the wine that he shouldn't be drinking and he, he stops. His father turns into a demon, starts roaring at him, uh, and then Ichabod manages to get out there. So they get out of these, uh, tempting situations. Meanwhile, back at, uh, back at the, the archives, or the, is it the archives or the cabin? Regardless, Jenny's sitting there, she's listening to tapes, He's trying to find a reference to, to a flyer Nap had for an old church that he, that he thinks holds the answers. She's listening to all these tapes and everything. So we get a we, we get a nice check in with Jenny before something actually happens with her. Back in Purgatory, we get all kinds of images of craziness going on, as Ichabod surrounded by people with no faces and dark woods. He great stuff. Very going creepy. On here. Very, yeah. very creepy. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Loved it.
2: Probably the scariest scene for me. I agree. The show yeah. is done. Maybe just because it sort of played into my own fears a little bit, but I I think what you don't see and what's suggested is scarier than what you do see.
0: It gave me a Resident Evil vibe. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like the the actual game, not those terrible movies. Um, that's that was kind of the atmosphere I was getting from all that. Um, so he finds uh, Ichabod finds Abby lying face down in the forest. Uh, he wakes her up and to reassure, reassure each other that the they're you know the, the people they are. Uh, she asks Abby asks Ichabod what they what she taught him after they first trapped the horseman. And he of course extends his aunt, his arm, and says fist bump. And they fist bump each other, <laughs> which is a, a great way to cap that one up. I thought that yes.
2: was just perfect. Yes. Yes. It like encapsulates their entire wonderful, sweet mismatch relationship.
0: I just, like, he like, hit the look of confidence on his face as he extends his arm and he's just like, fist bump.
2: And then I, I love how he was like, well it turns out it was good for
0: something after all. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, So they make their way into the church um, as the disfigured lost souls are crawling along the ground and the walls and everything. It's It's all crazy. Yeah. Uh, They find Katrina in the church and give her the fast, you know, recap of what's going on. But she, and she's pretty alarmed that he's there. He's like, why, what are you doing? Stop it. You can't be here. I told you not to come. Um, But she's, uh, but she, you know, after being caught up on what's going on, she says she can't leave purgatory without forgiveness. And the only way her soul can leave is if it, is it? uh, can leave is if another takes her place. Uh, she then begs them to leave before they're all trapped. Um, Ichabod offers to stay, but Abby says that she has to do it to finally face Moloch. Um, he argues, but she's pretty pretty down with it. She's pretty resolute, even uh, though her staying essentially fulfills Moloch's prophecy. Do we believe this? Do you buy into this with Abby, like really wanting to face down Moloch?
1: Yes. Um, yeah.
0: Like she's you, just like happy to stay behind in Purgatory if it means facing on. Moloch on his home turf, which she's very confident she can defeat him in.
2: I, I think that, uh, it, she's come, become aware of the fact that Moloch has created so much, uh, agony for her and her family for their whole lives. You know, she's, she finds out even more soon, uh, which we'll get into, but, you know, over the course of the show, she's found out that this dude has had so much overarching influence that now faced with the opportunity to fight him head to head, I buy it.
1: All right. And she's trying to kind of defy the the prophecy, whereas she's going willingly and not being handed over as well.
0: From a certain point of view, I guess. (laughs) Uh, All right. Uh, Katrina gives Abby an amulet to protect her from Moloch and promises to return after they stopped war. Ichabod starts to vow he'll return, but she's sure she will. Um, Remember our bond, faith, he says. Uh, Ichabod then teaches... Katrina the phrase to repeat. The doorway opens and they end up on the other side where Parish is waiting in the forest. Moloch comes to at Ab- back in purgatory. Moloch comes to Abby, telling her there's no escape. She picks up a branch to kind of take him on with, um, but he lifts her just right up her feet by the throat. uh She rips the amulet off her neck and presses it onto his skin, which burns him. He drops her and then she runs off. So the <laughs> the taken down Moloch plan didn't quite go to you know the best it could, but you know, she's away and she managed to give him a little hit. Uh Back in the forest and, you know, Earth, um, Katrina starts to, she starts about trying to locate where the second horseman will emerge. Her power is kind of weak because of, you know, she, has, she hasn't she been on Earth in a long she's been stuck in purgatory, but she's still able to determine the direction. You know, one of those rusty old witch spells can't, can't quite work as well as it used to. Meanwhile, Jenny arrives back at the same church from from, from Corbin's tape. It's all boarded up. Another check in there. Uh, moving on, Ichabod, Katrina, and Paris. Uh, they reach the the four white trees that was seen in uh, uh his vision. Um, cutting back over to Jenny, she listens to Corbin's tapes in which he wonders he wonders why someone would want to hide an abandoned church's name. Um, as the eclipse begins, Jenny sees a fallen sign on the ground and uncovers it. We don't see what this is, right?
1: We, yeah. No, yeah, no. We, you know, we just see, I was confused as hell. I was Because yeah. like, they, they showed us it, but they didn't show us any words on it. It was just a piece with the star on it.
0: Yeah. So We get an indication that something's going on. So she gets in her car. She leaves Abby a message saying she figured out Moloch's warning. The saint's name is a sign. He literally meant to he, – he, he meant it literally, so whatever you do, you can't. And suddenly, boom, she's interrupted by a gunshot through her SUV window. The headless horseman blocks her path, he fires, he fires again, the SUV flips over repeatedly in slow motion, finally comes to a stop with her upside down and inside. This was awesome. Yes, <laughs> this It caught so me awesome. way off guard. <laughs> yeah. I honestly thought Jenny was gonna die. Like, I'm almost confused as to why the horseman didn't just finish the job, unless there's a bigger <laughs> yeah. plan, like a larger plan going on here, but... Or he thought he did. <laughs>
1: horseman's yeah, know, it's a smart guy see, see, see yeah, nice.
2: <laughs> always double tap
0: double like tap exactly Yeah, double check your check your, i mean <laughs> but regardless it was a pretty cool image to see just like slow motion headless horseman just like shotgunning out SUV and making it flip over it was uh it's pretty cool
1: He's really taking a liking to those modern weapons yeah he's a can you blame him
0: no uh, back in purgatory, Abby finds herself in a life-size version of a dollhouse. Another cool image. That's so creepy. So creepy. This is, so awesome. creepy. Yeah. This is where is that- I started. Here's a call for you. I started thinking of uh, that movie, Running Scared, that Paul Walker yes. movie. Yes. Oh
2: yeah. Yep. Yep. That's that's yep. the
0: imagery that I started to get from that. With that kind yeah, of. Yeah. That
2: clip. that movie is um, yeah, that's a good call.
0: There's some gnarly stuff in that film that involves creepiness of seemingly normal people that really made me think about this scene with the dollhouse. Oh. Uh, but anyway, they're in a giant dollhouse that she and her sister used to play in, or, like, with, uh, and Abby finds younger versions of herself and Jenny. The young version of Abby tells her that the reason she can't remember what happened after they saw Moloch in the woods is because he removed her memory, so she wouldn't know the truth. I assume she did that with Jenny, or he did that with Jenny as well. Um... Likely, I don't know. Who knows? Actually, that's a big assumption. Um, so yeah, there's that. Well, I think it had to be.
1: Right. I think it had to be.
0: Yeah. I guess so. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Based on what's going to happen. yet. Yeah. <laughs> Unless there's a big twist coming in the next season. Um, back in the woods, Katrina says there's nothing in the ground where the horseman supposedly is. Uh, Parrish assures him that the horseman is there. He asks Ichabod about if he knows the etymology of the word apocalypse, uh, which he reveals to disclose or reveal. Then he flings Ichabod and Katrina against a white tree with his with his power and holds them there. And he mocks Ichabod for being so easy to manipulate and Abby for wanting to believe that there's a purpose to her to her pain. Katrina then realizes he gave her the idea to find the Sin Eater, a um, um, a message which she. Katrina realizes that she planted the idea to find the Sin Eater, a message which she related to Abby. He reminds them about the times he hinted about his identity, including when he was. Uh, describe, describing his love for good, uh, good, good crossword puzzles and <laughs> ability to mislead and trick. He's basically, just, there's a lot of realizations going on being put up on screen here. Uh, Sidney then tells him the second horseman rose over a decade ago in the forest and waited all this time to take form. <laughs> so much going on, that goes back and forth. Back in purgatory, young Abby tells Abby that it wasn't an accident that Moloch was in the forest that day and that there was a reason they were sent there. Abby still can't remember, so young Abby helps her remember seeing Moloch bring the second horseman into the world, which was, in fact, Henry Parrish. Um, Dun, dun, dun. Yes. (laughs) Um, Katrina compares Parrish to Abraham, who was mortal before he became deaf. Only half, which Parrish responds, only half mortal I am, after all. What you made me, after you made, after what you, after all, what you made me, mother and father. So he be. I'm sorry. It's a it's a weird quote that he has. Um, Parish is in fact is in fact um, Jeremy, the son of Iguaba. Dun dun dun. <laughs> and, and Katrina. Huge reveal.
1: Huge. Um,
0: he was killed by his uh, his mother's own coven and left to wither in a plain pine box. He takes out. Uh, he At this point, as he's monologuing, he takes out a knife and cuts his own hand. He's bleeding onto the ground, reminding them of the power of his blood. The pine box where he was buried is revealed in the dirt. Ichabod remembers how his own blood killed his son's golem and realizes Parish knew it would. Um, and yeah, Parrish did not die. He laid in the box for two centuries, feeding on the vines that crept in, cursing those that abandoned him until his true father came to rescue him. I'll go on, but let's stop here, because this choice is pretty big, <laughs>
2: If you're gonna have someone evilly monologuing, you can't do much better than Mr. John Noble.
1: For true, sure. true, true.
0: But I did not see this coming at all. This no, did not, this did not <laughs> occur to me in any way that this would be one of the things that could, that could be pro. Like we talked about this. We talked about the sun coming back, and we of course said definitely the sun would be a part of this at some point. And I even questioned, did the sun? Obviously, the sun didn't die, right? He was just buried in a box, so that doesn't. Right. Mean, Jeff.
2: Well, it le- the, that episode, The Golem, left it kind of open.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, we and hear- I
2: remember we even talked about it almost made that episode seem kind of like a, a filler, but <laughs> not the case anymore.
1: Well, and I, I remember I also asked, do you think it, the son is already a character somewhere on the show? Ooh.
2: Yes, he did. And, and to
1: which Aaron said, nay. <laughs> he did say nay. Thank you. <laughs> but I never expected it would have been John Noble. Yeah. I thought he was like sidekick funny character to add for, you know, as a main part next season, but no. Cuz I was thinking of, you know, my previous iteration of John Noble and, you know, him being the lovable Walter Bishop on Fringe instead of the evil guy from Lord of the Rings.
2: Yeah. And uh there's so many things about this revelation that work for me. Um I think it kind of brings the whole season into focus. And it makes me wonder if they always had it planned, or they're just clever enough that they made it fit in as they realized what they were doing.
1: It worked whether they did or not. It doesn't rather. matter
2: ultimately. I'm Just, you know, for curiosity's sake, yeah, but it ties everything together. It's shocking. It's kind of emotionally satisfying. It's really, really kind of screwed up and evil.
1: Well, it's, and, it's a double whammy because it's like, oh wait, he's oh he's the horseman and their son. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just wow.
0: I feel like that's something we might have theorized at some point. Too. Like we don't listen back to our own episodes, but but like thinking that the son could maybe be a horseman or something like that. But yeah, but... Just... Well,
2: I, I I definitely remember we asked, do we think the other horsemen are going to be human?
0: Yeah, yeah. And I
2: think if anything, now if two out of four or human, then I think it's good chance that four out of four will be.
0: I think we definitely, we saw coming that there was going to be a horseman at the end of the season, like another one. We definitely thought that was going to be the case. Well, we've had three now, right? We had yeah, but that one didn't really rise. It just kind of was like, hey, (laughs) I'm going to get you. No, I didn't. We stopped you in time. (laughs) And I did
2: say at one point I thought that by the end of the season, Katrina would be
0: out of
1: purgatory. Yes. Yes.
0: I, I theorized that there'd be I, like some kind of decision that had to be made actually between like Abby or Katrina. I'm, yeah, Did that, happen? No, I'm pretty yeah.
1: sure we've, we've all theorized that that was somehow gonna happen at one point in these episodes. That they're, that she was gonna get out at some point. Or like She's, be somehow taken out
0: of the realm of the, yeah, so yes, basically, yeah. Thank you.
2: So I think it's safe to say we all agree that this twist, whatever you want to call it, it works.
1: Very yes, much so. Very much so. Very I, satisfied. I blown away. I, 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 yeah, this, this little show that we've been laughing with and, 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 you know, we've said, you know, oh, it's, you know, we enjoy it because it's ridiculous, because it's this and all these, but they, they managed to pull the rug out from us and blow our minds, like, right at the end. It was great. Yeah, I agree. Uh,
0: getting back to the, the long speech that John Noble's giving, Ichabod, well, Ichabod speaks to his son, calling him Jeremy, telling him Moloch is a prince of lies. Jeremy explains that, God sent a witness to stop him 13 years ago, but she wasn't strong enough, and they defeated her, as they have again now. Um, in Purgatory, sees parish is the second horseman. She tries to figure out a way out of Purgatory. But <laughs> their younger self creepily explains that Purgatory is her home now. Do we get, like, the zoom out? We get the zoom out at that point, right, up the dollhouse in the woods?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which is like, oh, that's creepy. Um, and then Jeremy explains he got his name when he wandered through the forest and the first place he saw was the church. We see the sign that Jenny found face down actually says Saint Henry Parish Saint Henry's Parish, which is again <laughs> it's, it's very clever. Um Ichabod and Katrina try to reach Jeremy but they can't. Uh, now that the two witnesses are separated, there is nothing to stop uh, us from breaking the second seal and fulfilling the promise made long ago to an old friend, Jeremy says. The horseman slash Abraham then rides up and takes Katrina away. Um, and with his powers, Jeremy puts Ichabod in his own, in Jeremy's own grave, in the ground. Um, he then removes the second seal from a leather pouch and breaks it over him. Um. <laughs> Everybody is effed. His last line, war isn't coming to Sleepy Hollow. It's been here waiting all along, and now it begins. Goodbye, father, he says. And then the casket slams shut with screaming Ichabod. <laughs> cut to rolling stones like it's just a great ending to the game. It episode. was awesome. <laughs> Wait, <what>? <laughs> <laughs> like, we, we end on a giant monologuing session, yet it's entirely effective because of how great the twist was and how great some of this imagery was and how it's tying back into everybody else's storylines going on. It's just all, all well done.
1: Bam. Right there. It, it reminded me, and in, in I'm saying this as a compliment, um... Kind of felt like you know they have the the kind of guns go out blazing on season finales like uh, Smallville did back in the day because regardless of how that show was for its seasons or quality they always knew how to pull it out of the stops for the finale and just leave everything in jeopardy believably. Well, lost would the same too I would say. They're yeah. Also
0: effective season Yeah. Finale. Lost. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, and Fringe as well. I mean, I definitely kind of feel that that. Um fringe has played a big part in the way this show is is structured
0: oh I mean, yeah they're both i they i didn't watch fringe so i can't like comment comment too much on this but i mean they're both they come from that jj J. abrams school of having a certain like model to fit to you know be effective i guess with yeah. Lost, for that matter i guess does supernatural have those kind of yes of their seasons
2: it definitely does, and, and Angel used to back in the day as yeah. well. Yeah, Angel Angel, did. Did. Angel did, yeah. In fact, there was one season of Angel where Angel is left in a coffin his the <laughs> of the ocean
0: see now that's where I that's when I stopped watching Angel yeah. not because I didn't want to but because they like moved the show and I didn't have like a great way to like watch it all the time back when it was on so like i never I've never seen Angel pass that that season finale I recommend you go back I know it's on Netflix so I can yeah. I, just, I recommend
2: just... you watch Fringe too I think you'll really yeah. like
0: it. yeah I've been told that
1: too it's a, I just I haven't yet but I, I especially the... if
2: you're a John Noble fan I mean he kills it yeah.
1: every week on that show the Icapod Cranecast recommends this week. Angel seasons four and five and fringe. Adding All that seasons. to the notes, as I did last week of our new Icapod
0: Cranecast recommends section. <laughs> <laughs> Angel, fringe. Uh okay. Uh, so yeah, the um, this episode, solid solid finale, for sure. Um, ties up a lot of things, oh keeps a nice cliffhanger for sure. If I had to guess, you know, the old Call the cell phone, Ichabod still has on him, Jenny stumbles in and finds the grave and unburies him. I don't know, that's a guess.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just, I just don't know, and I don't, I don't know what the, what exactly is gonna happen next. It's a great place to be in where you're just like, whoa. I love,
2: I love the way that it ends too, where it cuts to the title in that font.
1: Yeah. It's
2: like a couple seconds of the stones.
1: Yeah. It's not like overly dramatic, da-da-da, it's just like, ha-ha! It's like we got you. <laughs> oh yeah, it definitely ends. It ends in a pulpy way rather than a super serious way. Yeah, it's like they're, at, way. like
2: they're winking at us.
1: Yeah. Because they started the show with that song and then they ended the season with the song. They haven't played it since, right? No, they haven't. It's a nice way
0: to, even <laughs> if it was something, even if it was something that like you know a random P, PA, like suggested at the last second, it's not a nice way to wrap around the season for sure.
2: Well, it makes makes the whole thing too. This episode and that little like wink at the end feel like a well-designed 13 episodes. It's like weird. I was talking a little bit before about how certain things felt rushed and the pacing. At the same time, though, by not having to fill in an additional, you know, nine episodes, it it allowed the whole thing to feel like
0: one piece of a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Beginning, middle, end. And I'm very happy that the show, you know, does have a second season cousin coming because that'd be a terrible way to end the series. Oh, uh,
2: that would be one of the most maddening.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. What else can we say about the? So like, seri- I, I. It's weird to like try to like say our thoughts on the series as a whole because I think if anyone that's been listening to our you know our podcast for the past you know, couple of several months regarding Sleepy Hollow, I think it's pretty understandable that we like the show for sure, and we've seen places where it can improve. But I mean.
1: And it's one that keeps growing on you even more. Yeah, I
2: feel like if I were to go back and watch it again, I would have almost a a slightly newfound appreciation for it, knowing now what I know. And to me, that's the mark of a a
1: good finale. Well, it's given us something to go back and look for, which is awesome.
2: Like a a great uh, Kaiser Soze moment. Yeah.
0: It's certainly come a long way from being the show that... I was excited to get you guys together with me to talk about because of how like ridiculous yet fun it was to watch to a show that has a legitimately good storyline going. Well, it, along but with it,
2: the... it it has that good story without betraying what it is we were excited about in the first place. Exactly. Yes. Exactly.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Stay true to itself while um, becoming a little more I don't know if substantial is the right word, but emotionally satisfying maybe. I really, really grew to care about Ick and Abby. And I very much want them to be okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to what the you know various changes are next season, both you know behind the scenes and on, of course, in the story. But I am curious if like Jenny joins the cast for sure, yeah. if John Noble I, like... becomes a recurring. I, or... I
2: I definitely remember reading an article saying John Noble's contract involved, if not a regular, a significant presence in season two. Yeah.
1: That's great. Like, uh, yeah, they. They really need a full time Jenny because I think her Irv Abby and Ichabod make a good core four to kind of go yep. and off. I agree. Yeah. I know
2: we've talked about this before, but I just love how you know three of the four main heroes on this show are are African American.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's just natural. It's, it's yeah. Just,
2: it's not even pointed out. It's great. And it's worth noting, and it's sad that it's worth noting, but.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, we we talked about this last
0: week with Fox's Interracial Mondays with this and Almost Human. So it's a, it's a nice to it is nice to have that kind of show go on. And well, we got like and it's in two female black leads. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: I would love to see um, Abby from Sleepy Hollow meet Olivia Pope from Scandal.
0: <laughs> in the, the crossover, crossover can...
2: from a lifetime. <laughs> Guys, watch Scandal, but <laughs> I think that'd be so fun. That's another show that's batshit crazy.
1: I, I've heard it. I've heard it's very sleepy. Uh, like, Sleepy Hollow is very scandal-esque. Just like, I don't watch scandal esque. In terms of
2: pacing it. and the way its story unfolds, but obviously, Scandal doesn't have
1: demons. <laughs> it has less
0: <laughs> demons. I get it.
2: Less demons. The, the witch and demon quotient is reduced.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, let's talk about the future of this show a little bit. Obviously, we're not going to have many Ichabod Crane casts in the the near future. Uh, we might stumble back into it to do maybe a commentary for some movie, perhaps Sleepy Hollow, um, among other things. Uh, we might have like maybe a recap show or if we get, if we suddenly get a flood of listener feedback, we'd be happy to go into that as well. But yeah, for the time being, the show's definitely going to be on a bit of a hiatus. It'll be much more infrequent in between episodes. So with, with that said, before we kind of wrap up and announce another big thing, uh, certainly happy for everybody that's been listening. To the Acapod for you know the past several months that we've been doing this. Yeah, thank you very
2: much. And uh, you know, when the first season comes out on DVD or Blu-ray, uh, give us a second listen through.
0: For sure, I'm aware of actually that there are some people that actually listen to this podcast without having actually watched the series *Lethal Hollow*. So, oh my, I know. So <laughs> uh, um, interesting. Yeah, I know. So I, I can only I can only hope that we've done a, a fine job of recapping these episodes. Um, um, another thing, though um with, uh, with the end of Sleepy Hollow, Brandon Maxwell and I have decided that we are going to continue on doing a podcast together in the coming future. Um, not sure how many people are fans of the show 24, but that show is returning this May um, in a new half season called 24 Live Another Day. And we've decided that we're going to do a podcast focused on those episodes of 24 um it is tentatively titled the jack and chloe adventure cast um which is just as fun as it sounds and yeah we're gonna we're gonna kind of start that one before the season starts so we can kind of get a you know obviously set up the podcast and give our basic thoughts on the show 24 and what have you but uh yeah that's something that's in the works and we'll certainly update um as necessary in that regard and i'm sure set up various twitter and facebook pages and images i can't wait to do that um don't have enough to do already, <laughs> so I gotta step on the podcast. <laughs> um, so yeah, that is something in the works. If you guys are, you know, fans of what we've been doing here with the Icapod Cranecast, we do have a 24 podcast on the way as well. Um, and with all that said, uh, that's basically gonna be it for this episode of the Icapod Cranecast. You can, of course, email the show, Icapod at gmail.com, or find us on Twitter, twitter.com slash Icapod and Facebook, facebook.com slash Icapod uh, feel free to send us a voicemail, 972-798-3830. You can send us your feedback, your thoughts on the finale and whatnot. Um, iTunes reviews ratings, I mentioned those, but it helps, out, it helps us. Other people find the show, helps out our show in general. It's good to get those. Uh, special thanks again for uh, last week for Sleepy Hollow Addicts podcast host uh, Chrissy for joining us, and I'm hoping her show is going just as well as ours is. Um,
1: and, yeah, uh, what else? Brandon, where can people find more of your work? Uh, you can... Follow me on Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash btpeters. You can read my rantings on my blog, uh, Naptown Nerd, which is naptownnerd.blogspot.com. And I also do, uh, reviews on whysoblue.com on Blu-rays that I'm intimately involved with. So, Maxwell?
2: Uh, you can follow me at Twitter, at uh, twitter.com slash cinemaxwell. Check out my, uh, site at cinemaxwell.com. I also write for the young folks.com, uh, where I'm writing, uh, reviews and recaps of the new HBO show, True Detective. So check those out.
0: Ooh. It's a good show. It's a great it's show. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm Twitter, twitter.com slash Aaron's PS4. You can follow my written movie reviews at wise, Ys- at, uh, at wiseablue.com and thecodeazeek.com. And of course I have the film podcast that I host with my friend Abe out now with Aaron and Abe, which are also available at the HHWLOD podcast network. Um, yeah, that's 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 a wrap for this season of the Icapod Cranecast. Hopefully, we'll be back soon with another episode related in some way to Sleepy Hollow. But uh, yeah, <laughs> good job, guys. <laughs> we've we've got through the first season of Sleepy Hollow.
1: Heck yeah!
2: It was a pleasure, gentlemen. Great it's time. It's been a pleasure podcasting
0: with you. Well, yeah. Until uh, next time, heads will. Please nice you, you guess
2: my just as every cop is a criminal And all the sinner says As heads as tails, just call me Lucifer, cause I'm in need. So if you meet me, have some courtesy, have some sympathy, and some taste. Give all your well-learned politics, or I'll lay your soul to waste. Mm, yeah. Oh. Please
1: Yeah. Uh.